Well, now to one of the main economic uh, themes of the week, which you just heard canvassed as well on this week, productivity in Australia. I mean, it rarely goes away for long, this topic. It was certainly relaunched big time into the public conversation by Reserve Bank Chief Philip Lowe after his higher interest rate announcement. Unless productivity rose, he said wage rises would virtually inevitably yield higher rates. Now, that's heralded a battle royal about what's behind our flagging productivity. Labor productivity growth down to a 60-year low, according to the respected Cedar think tank. Then the OECD weighed in this week with research showing that corporate profits had been driving inflation. But is that merely exceptional iron ore export profits came the counter? Look, this is a conversation not to be finalised in one week and we will continue to follow the debate. Dr Andrew Lee, the Assistant Minister for Employment, has named an intriguing culprit though, particularly for services sector workers, that social media and the constant flow of workplace emails interrupt us on average every six minutes and constitute at least part of the problem. I spoke to him earlier yesterday as he sat in a busy airport lounge. Thanks, Geraldine. Great to be with you. Why have you singled out social media and emails in this sort of clearly very broad-scale problem? Well, Geraldine, my thinking has been shaped very much by productivity scholars like Cal Newport uh, and people who've looked at social trends like Jonathan Haidt. Uh, and they've noted that over the last couple of decades, with the rise of the smartphone, social media, and the flood of email that comes into each of our inboxes every day, uh, that uh, countries around the world, Australia, but other advanced countries too, uh, have tended to become less productive and less connected than they were before. And one of the theories behind this uh, is that typical workers have turned into email entering machines, almost packet switches, engaging in this hyperactive hive mind uh, of constantly bouncing emails forwards and backwards and not engaging in the kind of deep work that you need to come up with a new idea or to write a fresh report. Uh, at the same time, many of us are stressed out by the overwhelming press of uh, social media and finding that that's sometimes crowding out face-to-face interactions. And I know that this also dovetails with work he's done, which argues that some workplaces are set up as part of the problem with, in effect, providing more autonomy, which is what social media in theory does, and which was part of the whole sort of efficiency attitudes of the the 70s and 80s and 90s, but that actually it's gone too far. Now, I think that's quite interesting. Can you develop that, please? Yeah, so Cal's theory is that uh, Peter Drucker came to management in the 1960s and said, we need to give workers more autonomy. And that worked pretty well for the workplaces of the day. But then when email began to flood into work, trickle into workplaces in the 1990s and flood into workplaces in recent decades, uh, an autonomous way of working has meant that workers are expected to respond to their co-workers' emails. It it chunks up work into bits that are too small uh, because when we know when we're distracted by another task, it takes us about 20 minutes to get back on track. So if, as you say, you check email every six minutes, you can spend the day in a permanent state of distraction. Now, some firms are trying to deal with this. Uh, there's an approach called agile programming uh, or another, an offshoot of it called extreme programming uh, in which programmers are told they don't need to check email or Slack. They just need to work hard for uh, up to six hours a day. 
and firms find if they can get six hours of true productivity out of a worker, that's way more than the typical employee would produce in a regular day under, while, while being deluged by emails. And, and is essentially, I suppose, the argument, if you think it through, is that in effect uh, people are being asked to be managers of themselves. They don't realise it, but they're actually answering all sorts of intricate details that once would have been, if you follow his logic through, answered by their line manager. Is that it? Is, so it's a form of multitasking, I suppose. That's right, yes. Everyone's become a multitasker. Jobs have become broken up uh, and firms need to rethink work for an age of email. It's not good enough to simply say, go in there, respond to all of your co-workers' constant demands and questions and try and get your own work done at the same time. Uh, one thing you thought about this is perhaps the change to produce a more productive workplace might be as big as the change wrought by Henry Ford uh, when he said, let's build cars not by bringing the parts to the car, but by having the car travel down the assembly line to the workers. Not that we want assembly line office work, but that the change could be that profound in order to get productivity going again. And, and I mean, I suppose we should mention here that... Um it's not just workplaces that are swamped by a lot of unnecessary emails. It's schools with constant updates on what kids are doing. It's um, super funds. It's councils. It's the ATO. Every organisation you have a connection with, or sometimes you don't have a connection with, is trying to send you something to invite you to keep up. It's this concept of keeping up, which uh, I, I presume this is all part of your thinking. Absolutely. Uh, you know, once the marginal cost of communicating with people dropped to zero, then you could expect that uh, there would be more communications coming from all sources. And all of us now feel ourselves barraged. I think this is particularly tough for teams who aren't just being barraged by email, but also by social media, some of which carries negative messages. Now, there's a bit of a debate over the impact of social media on teen health. Well, one way of looking at it is that there are a lot of teens who directly pinpoint social media uh, for their increased feelings of anxiety and depression. We know those statistics are well up compared to previous decades. Um, now, are you accounting, and is Cal Newport accounting for productivity within this, though? Because one assumes there's also been extraordinary rates of, um, of autonomous productivity here. Uh, look, I think there's great productivity among the firms that are creating these devices. Uh, they're getting some of the best computer programmers and psychologists in the world together to create addiction machines, and their profits are going up markedly, uh, as is their productivity measured by their uh, to total returns to the firm. Uh, but I'm not sure that's true right across the, uh, the corporate sector, uh, and the firms that mark themselves out by being able to help their employees deal effectively uh, with addictive technologies will be the productivity leaders of the future. But look, why are we in particular falling behind, it would seem, the rest of the world in terms of productivity? CEDA uh, this week reports that the gap between Australia and global firms on this score is growing. So all of those conditions you're describing are happening elsewhere and they don't appear to be taking the same toll as us. That's right, and I certainly wouldn't suggest that digital distraction is the sole cause of Australia falling off the front productivity frontier. But I do think that, uh, you know, there's, for example, uh, factors such as uh, a lack of competition in the Australian market, uh, which have uh, been a, a big issue, and I've spoken a lot about that. Uh, the uh, failure to provide smart kids the opportunities to get the education they need to succeed in the labour market has also been a drag as has pork barrelling over infrastructure rather than building the infrastructure that we need. So there's a range of drivers of productivity. This is but one.
I mean, the, the CEDA report also pointed out a lack of dynamism and particularly this problem of lack of business investment, which is really acute and predated COVID across almost all our businesses. You're in government now. Um, what are you going to do about that? Uh, we're doing a lot about uh, the challenge of dynamism. We uh, raised penalties for anti-competitive conduct and banned unfair contract terms. Uh, and uh, we're now consulting on the digital platform services inquiries and whether we'll have platform-specific regulation. Uh, we're looking at things like a ban on unfair trading practices. Uh, and I've been engaging with competition regulators around the world, including in the United States, where there's a lot of uh, change thinking around uh, competition law, uh, epitomised by Lena Khan now heading the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, so that's a, a big and a serious challenge uh, where uh, focused heavily on it. I think it's fair to say that um, a lot of workers hear this story about um, productivity and as Alan Kohler, the respected commentator, drew the conclusion a couple of weeks back, I th he thinks that workers have just given up a bit. They don't believe it's possible to get more productivity from them and they've just sort of put their hands up, really. So I wonder how you're going to intervene here, given Labor's core constituencies are workers, how you encourage workers to think differently. On the long run, uh, living standards and wages are driven by growth and productivity. Uh, but productivity isn't simply about... Uh, working longer or forcing people to sweat more. Uh, in fact, approaches like agile programming that I spoke about before are a way of freeing workers to do the work that is most pleasurable. We know that engaging in deep work is enormously satisfying in itself, as well as being economically productive for the firm. Deep work. Uh, so I think this is, a, yeah, where you concentrate on a single task and so you lose, tra lose track of time. You have the enjoyment of focusing on that one big task. That's the, the kind of uh, activity that we're keen to encourage in firms. Uh, I'd like to see more firms allowing their employees to really immerse themselves in the most productive activities. Now, the Productivity Commission brought out a report uh, in March containing 71 recommendations challenging your government and state governments to lift living standards by adopting technology to particularly make the services sector, the care sector and government services more efficient and to do a range of things, expand the carbon price and so on and so forth. But they did also seem to point to encouraging take-up of new technology AI is being offered as one of the possibilities of a, of a massive gain in productivity. Now, is this the sort of thing that, is this part of the, Henry, the, the allusion to Henry Ford, the, the modern equivalent of Henry Ford? Yeah, I mean, the shift to AI is going to challenge workers right across the spectrum. I think uh, for many knowledge workers, uh, technology was something that took other people's jobs until they saw what ChatGPT4 could do. Uh, it is pretty remarkable to see the way it's able to uh, draw documents together and to uh, creatively uh, build connections between disparate bodies of knowledge. Uh, at the moment, it is a fantastic tool, and we're seeing it being used quite effectively in a whole range of roles. Uh, but as it grows more powerful, it's going to uh, uh, threaten employment and that's why Ed, Ed Husick has put out the Future of AI working paper so we can engage constructively on those issues. Look, final question. What, in your view, are the sectors of the economy that uh, are growing uh, in terms of productivity growth, showing productivity growth? Can we learn something from these sectors and businesses and can governments learn? Yeah, it's a great question, Geraldine. We don't have a whole lot of shining lights when it comes to particular industries uh, that, are, that are growing more effectively. One thing we do know is that startup businesses uh, have that potential to grow and thrive. 
Uh, but if you look at the top of the Australian stock market, you look at the biggest five firms, uh, well, four of them were top five in 1985. So there's been very little turnover at the top of the business sector, uh, an increase in market concentration, an increase in price markups, and a fall in the rate of startups that are employing new, new workers. Uh, so they're all troubling trends for us. Mm. We're deeply engaged in the questions around economic dynamism and, and how to get it going again. John Hewson says there should be a full national bipartisan uh, program to think, you know, about um, product, lifting productivity and make it a whole of government a whole of government approach. So maybe that's what is needed. Uh, thank you very much indeed for joining us. We're... Absolute pleasure, Geraldine. Thanks for the conversation. Andrew Lee off to compete in an ultramarathon in South Africa this weekend, sitting in an airport. News time now. We'll be back after eight. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.